begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is the Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode number 88. It is the end of the year, so we're doing a best of Star Wars in the year of 2022. Everything from comics to news to stories to the shows to our favorites of all these different goodness things of Star Wars. We're going to get into it tonight. I'm joined by Midland. Ben's going to try to connect later on, but for now, we're going to hold down the ship for this lofty episode of fun discussion how's it going Millen? it's good man it's good it's glad to be back on the podcast mm-hmm. i know we're ending the year you know we got a lot of stuff going on with family probably all three of us with our families the next couple weeks but i'm excited to talk some star wars like always oh heck yeah heck yeah it's uh the, the holidays go hand in hand together with star wars ever since 2015 i'll tell you because with the force awakens it was very much hey it's uh it's that time to talk Star Wars with your family members, you know, because there's always a new movie out to talk about. And, uh, well, unfortunately, we haven't had that since 2019. Um, but, you know, some rumors might be with uh, held with water here. We're, we're going to get into maybe some movies back in 2025. So, but for now, uh, we have lots of series that came out this year, lots of books, lots of comics and whatnot. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But how was your week as far as Star Wars concerned? Any any cool like holiday decorations you've seen on your passings by or anything like that related to Star Wars? Um, nothing related. Well, I didn't really have much of a week this week with Star Wars, but um, as for any Christmas decorations, um, actually, no, that's not true. So I'll say this. So this past week, I went Christmas shopping for my family members that I, that's on our you know secret Santa list, and I actually have to shop for my little niece was born back in August. And of course, you know, me being a nerd, I decided to get her like these cool Star Wars, like 12 month old sweaters with baby Yoda. So there I, you I go. showed my sister. Yeah. I showed my sister. She's like, she's like, you know, Sawyer will love it. That's my niece. She says she'll love them. So yeah, I did get those sweaters for her. And then uh, my friend of mine who's watching tonight, she got me um, a new Darth Vader ornament for my tree. So, yeah. So that's on there currently. Dude, so do you have any other Star Wars Christmas ornaments? Um, yes, I do actually have a I think a Grogu. It's currently on my tree. I have two Darth Vader ornaments, a Grogu, and I think that's it. Everything else is like wrestling, eagles, or like just traditional uh ornaments. Mm-hmm. Then that's gonna actually transition pretty nicely into my week in Star Wars. So uh me and my girlfriend were decorating my uh, Star Wars tree because it literally there's there's nothing else at this point. It's just overtaken by Star Wars. Don't even bother putting on my other old ornaments because like from 1997 onward, I'd be getting uh, as part of my Christmas gift uh, would be a new Hallmark Star Wars ornament. And some years, uh, recent years especially, I've gotten more than one because um, I'm like, oh, that one looks cool. I just can't settle with one. I'll just buy the other one with my own money or whatever. Um, so yeah, but we. We always put on, or at least I always put on a Star Wars movie. I've been doing this for a while. And I was looking through Disney Plus, and I said, you know what? I'm going to put on a Lego Star Wars holiday special, because that's about the most festive Star Wars anything there is to watch. So that that was kind of cool, revisiting that, because we both had some chuckles in there, because it is a really fun episode. And then... And then she was all like, oh, you know what? I, I, you know, because Ray and Finn and Poe are in there. She's like, I really, I really like those characters. I really like that trilogy. She's like, I, I want to watch that. I want to watch more of that. I was like, all right. So then I put on The Force Awakens. And uh, so it was a great right. night of just, you know, taking our time with the tree. But then, you know, every, every once in a while, we'd both just like stop 
especially with The Force Awakens, and just, like, stare and just watch the movie for a good five minutes, and we're both like, yeah, this movie moves, and you get sucked in to this darn movie. Um, so it took longer yeah. than we wanted it to, but that's for a good thing, right? Right, right. Yeah, oh, for sure. And like I said, I... And again, I'm, I'm going to throw some praise at the sequel trilogy, especially that first one. The Fourth Awakens really isn't a bad film at all. I think that's the one I actually do like because it does move. The first 30 minutes was really, really good. I, the first 45 minutes was really good. Um, I think towards the middle, it gets kind of, you know, wonky. Not wonky, but just the pacing's different. But that's a very solid film. So, yeah, I'll give the sequel you know, trilogy its credit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that I mean, that's... That that was a really fun fun time we had there. Um, as far as uh, another cool thing that I want to talk about, and I'm too bad Ben's not here to, to talk about this because I'm sure he'd have a have a laugh at this. But um, I was training a new client this week, and and I you know I mentioned you know yeah I, you know something about Star Wars or something, and he's like oh you like Star Wars? I was like yeah. He's like you watch all the series? I'm like yeah. I was like have you watched Andor the latest one? He's like yeah. He's like. Um, do you know anything about this brick and screw thing? And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Are you are you talking about that social media uproar that happened with the with the Star Wars theory guy? And he's like, yeah, that. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're already getting in the weeds if he already knew about that sort of thing. So <laughs> I had to I had to laugh at that moment because I'm like, yeah, you know, some of this stuff travels and you don't even know who you're talking to. But sometimes this drama can even get into the mainstream if you will so right right no no yeah you're absolutely right i mean look I've, I've dealt with that with people that had just started working with us and someone asked me about kenobi and andor and i was like yeah i watched them both so yep, yeah 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 all right um and you know i've been continuing to play through through galaxies here of heroes as we were talking about before we ended up uh hitting the stream button here and uh yeah i'm working my way through i got the inquisitor team going i got the uh the black chrysanthemum uh somebody that i've been wanting um you know comic book character come to life in a video game even if it is a mobile game is pretty freaking sweet so yeah having a having a good time better time i didn't think i would still be playing a week later but um here I am. Here I am. Nice. Yeah, like I said, you know, I play it every day. It's it's a fun little game. And then as you get used to it and start collecting and getting more, like, points or whatever, or, like, once you get into it and establish a good routine with it, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. It's a very, like, it's a game, it's a game that takes time to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to break down what we're here to do. And that's, you know, this week in Star Wars, um there's there's not a lot going on so that's why it was a good time to kind of end the year if you will just like looking back because it was a jam-packed year I, I made a list here um going through i'll just go through quickly here and then we can kind of pick out things that we really enjoyed the most um whether it be comics we had the crimson rain the hidden empire series continue we had a big thing with star wars returning to dark horse comics uh as far as the games are concerned uh we were hoping for more with the games but um we did finally get lego star wars skywalker saga i'll definitely highlight some of that uh as far as books is concerned we had uh novels for shadows of the sith brotherhood the princess and the scoundrel padawan uh the fallen star um, which also goes into High Republic, which we had Phase 1 ending and then the beginning of Phase 2, so a lot there. As far as TV with live action, we had The Book of Boba Fett, we had Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor all in the same freaking year. It's crazy, right? Um, Animation-wise, we had, as I mentioned, another LEGO Star Wars special. This one was Summer Vacation, but 
we had the six shorts for Tales of the Jedi, focusing on Dooku as well as Ahsoka. We had documentaries that followed up the likes of Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, and an original um, ILM specifically focused with a lot of Star Wars for Light and Magic. We also had some park stuff. We had a brand new cruise ship opening up, uh, Star Wars uh, on, on the Wish, the Disney Wish, a uh, little cantina thing. We also had the Galactic Star Cruiser that opened up, which is the Star Wars Hotel. And a lot of Star Wars celebration stuff was was done over there in Anaheim, California. So, yeah, I went through that pretty quickly, actually. But um, we're going to kind of break down. So, uh, you know, maybe breaking this down off the top of your head, Milton, what was uh, one of the biggest thrills you got out of Star Wars this year? Was it a series? Was it any of the things I mentioned, an episode of something, an appearance of a certain character, or anything like that? Uh, we'll start off with the good stuff. Like, What really wowed you this year when it came to Star Wars? Um, I think for me, it was probably Tales of the Jedi, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I think, well, my most anticipated was Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, that, that's just a given. you know. So Obi-Wan was a show that I was really looking forward to. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's Obi-Wan, it's, it's Vader, it's the legend characters. Um, you know, those are the characters that both generations of prequels and originals grew up with, you know, and, and it's like, okay. And we got this and, and it was nice to see that Hayden Christensen was starting to get that love. And I thought that particular Star Wars celebration did a really good job at hyping this show up. And it was released like the day, I think it was a day two of Star Wars celebration. Yep. So it was it was like it was a perfect timing, and again that show was very highly anticipated because you know, we let's be honest here, Boba Fett didn't really do what it needed to do as a show in the sense of you know like it was continuing pretty much like it was two point five of Mando pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, so I think from a lot of fans' perspective, they thought that Obi Wan Kenobi, how can they mess that up? So I know for me that was my highly anticipated show. We'll say the show that really just. For me, that that kind of was I wasn't I wasn't expecting much for it, but then I shouldn't be surprised. Was Tales of the Jedi just because like that show was awesome? Animation department of Star Wars have nothing but sensational over the last five to six years. Um, so that show was probably my favorite show as far and my favorite Star Wars property of this 2022 year. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we're going to get all into that, but I think we have somebody that's about to join us. Give me one second here. Uh, the sound might go off for like a second, but don't fret people in the live chat. We are still live here. Uh, we might have a quick little transition. But, yes, so there, there's a lot going on as far as uh, Tales of the Jedi was a nice little surprise, I gotta admit. Nice little surprise there for Tales of the Jedi because six episodes, I mean, they did so much for all of Star Wars. They really did. They added so much um, to the lore uh, with the Phantom Menace, especially everything that happened with Dooku, especially was just incredible, incredible stuff right there. Um, we're going to try to get the guy, the rest of the, the crew in here in a minute here. Um, so just bear with us here. Okay. okay, I definitely hear myself talking, so that means somebody's coming on here. We got we got Ben now with us in the chat. How's it going, Ben? Very good. So, sorry about the delay, guys. I literally had to reset my Discord password because apparently I didn't know it. And then 
on top of that, we've been dealing with all kinds of um, internet issues at my house as well because it's about minus 10 degrees here with about almost minus 30 wind chill <laughs> and you know 40, 40 mile an hour winds. So that's what I've been dealing with this evening, but I'm finally made it. And we're finally all here in the same room. I mean, it took us a while, but we're here. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so Milton had gone through um, some of the highlights for him, um, ending with, with uh, Tales of the Jedi. So I think we should start there. Let's start with Tales of the Jedi, because I feel like Tales of the Jedi kind of gets the short end of the stick in a certain certain manner because it came out in the middle of Andor. And, you know, we always say, this, it's like, we'll never understand what the heck Lucasfilm does when it comes to releasing content. we got Bad Batch coming out in the middle of Mando or or vice versa. It's coming out um, with Mando in the middle of Bad Batch. But anyway, um, yeah, let's elaborate, Milton, more on on Tales of the Jedi and, and, and why it was so impactful for you specifically. Yeah, um... Look, I, it's the storytelling. I, I'll just be, it's the storytelling. And, and you know, I, I've always said this literally since Dave Filoni has been involved with Star Wars, which dates back to what, the mid 2000s, whenever they had Clone Wars be developed, or I guess late 2000s. Um, yeah, like the the way they tell stories with the, with the animation has been nothing but on point and stellar. I, I've never been once been disappointed when it comes to the storytelling. I mean, have there been some episodes of shows that I didn't like? Absolutely, but if not, they weren't terrible. Now, the only show I could say that wasn't great to me was Resistance. I only got like the first two episodes and I was done with it. <laughs> again, that's that's one failure, in my opinion, one failure out of how many animated shows or shorts that they created. But speaking of Tales of the Jedi, I mean, just them being 15 minute episodes, got so much character development so much story being moved forward where it, it really expands in the story of Star Wars, but it strengthens the, the prequels. It strengthens some of the things about the, the original trilogy. I mean, it, it, it did its job. You know, I, I mean, it's it, it's nothing short of, honestly, in my opinion, of a masterpiece. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when we get to the, some of these live action shows, um, we typically are like, ah, these episodes aren't long enough, right? Like, like we're looking at Mando specifically. That's always a common criticism is, what? It's only 29 minutes or 32 minutes? Like, there's not enough time to tell a story. But then you look at Tales of the Jedi, and some of those 15-minute episodes felt like they were 30 minutes because there's so much deep character growth in that small amount of time. Or, and, and it's like blowing your mind with what is happening with the journeys of the characters that we had never thought of in that perspective. Um, mm. So that, that was funny for me. Cause it's like, well, I guess we can never use that excuse anymore about time and quality. Well, of well here's, here's the thing though. I, my, my only argument with that would be, I think with live action, the difference is you can get it. You can do a lot more with animation because it's like, probably the budget's not as high. You know, there's, there's really the shooting schedule isn't like shooting schedules for live action. I, I think you can get away with keeping a lot more in when it comes to animation compared to like live action and I guess cutting stuff out. But even that's a, kind of a weak argument. But my thing is though, why can't these live action properties tell a strong story? Like, like if again, these animated shows are 15 minutes and they're great. I mean, look at Visions. We all raved about Visions and that's a, that's not a lot of American American studios that are telling really good stories within a 10 minute interval. And it's like, come on, like you can, if live action is going to be 45 minutes to 30 minutes, at least build out a story for us. that's going to make sense and be consistent. 
I think that's why I think we were getting upset about some of the live action stuff. But yeah, I mean, Tales of the Jedi to me was some of the best Star Wars of this year. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Ben, tell us, tell right. us, are you on that level with Milton as far as hype and enjoyment out of out of those six episodes that came out in October? Well, I mean, first of all, I do want to also note, you know, on storytelling, um, you know, great storytelling from you both to start this podcast, like hearing about your girlfriend, Chris, and your friend, Milton, um, talking about like, you know, their experiences, like watching Star Wars and all that sort of stuff, because I was listening to it while I was getting my Discord stuff around. Um, so that's great, like, hearing how Star Wars and its storytelling, you know, is drawing people in, whether it be The Force Awakens and into the sequel trilogy um, with yours, Chris, or, you know, the original trilogy with yours, Milton, like, things like that. Like, that's, like, to me, the best part of Star Wars, because, you know, when you bring in great storytelling, it doesn't matter the era or like the preconceived notions potentially say of the sequel trilogy, you know, like people can still get sucked in from the stories. So like, that's always a nice part. Like even with our like hardest critiques of some of the star Wars, um, properties, like say the sequel trilogy, for example, like it's good. The storyline at a bare minimum, like face value, like you can just work with say the sequel trilogy, in standalone without any context you know you can you can kind of make it make sense like if you're just not over analyzing it so like mm. it's good that like the storytelling is good enough like that for say more of a general audience um because i mean that's the bit that's the most important thing here when it comes to either tales of the jedi sequel trilogy boba and or whatever like you know all of us like we we want to like believe we're like the majority of the fandom but we're like, the hardcore, like, Star Wars um, fans, like, online, in a podcast, on a Friday night, like, these type of things, we're, like, in the, probably the minor 15%, and, like, there's a wider general audience out there, and it's great, like, seeing, just from both of your examples, like, how the storytelling is, like, affecting, you know, those people in your in your lives, so, like, I think that's great hearing that um, to start the podcast, and I'm sure our, a bunch of our listeners and viewers, I'm sure they had similar experiences all throughout the year, so I think that's a really important part of i mean this whole podcast as a whole as we go through the different star wars things throughout the year you know the storytelling is like the core foundation of all of these properties whether it be books movies games etc um but in terms of tales of the jedi for me i think that was the most important part of it was the storytelling obviously like the visuals were great like the action was great but like you mentioned Milton, like it had heart to it like it had um a good draw with the um the actual stories, whether it be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 14 minutes, whatever, like all the stories made sense. Like, I mean, heck when, when, when we opened the first episode or second episode, whichever one it was with baby Ahsoka, it's like, this could go off the rails really quick. Um, since it's a baby Ahsoka episode. And that was one of the, that was one of the better stories in my opinion, because like, it just, it just went, it, it played out really well. Like it, it went to places I wasn't expecting it with them, like, killing that tiger creature, like, and then just, like, the, the life lessons Ahsoka got from it, I thought that was um, amazing, and then, of course, the Count Dooku stuff was was yeah. um, really good storytelling as well, like, I just think the storytelling was, like, the biggest part of Tales of the Jedi, in my opinion, that gives us the quality that we need versus, like, you know, you don't need quantity per se, like, you don't need, like, an hour-long episode as much as we, we, we would like it to be, because, you know, they still got their bang for their buck, basically, in the 15 minutes they, they did it. 
I, I agree with that. And and see, and this is where I, you know, like I said, we, we can talk about that argument between it's an hour long episode or whatever. If you tell me it's a limited series, you need to be, you need to go all out. You know, you can't, yeah. you can cut stuff to make the story tight and concise. However, don't, don't be, don't give me more. Don't, don't give me questions with no answers. You know, that's, that's the thing. I yeah. think how some of the live action properties, again, we can look at uh, Boba Fett, a little bit of, a little bit of parts of uh, Kenobi. Like the, the, we had questions about some of those episodes. That's why Andor for me is also on his list of a show that was unexpected, but did it for me as well. Because yes, the first three episodes to me was say choppy. The pacing was an issue. However, and you, everyone can attest this, as the show was going on, I was liking it more and more and more. Except for the finale just kind of was a little bit of a letdown, but it wasn't trash. But the storytelling was pretty much consistently tight throughout that whole entire show. So, yeah, again, well, again, the episodes range from, what, 55 minutes to, what, 35, 40 minutes, the shortest one? So, yeah, like, know, 50 but, minutes. But, but, yeah, like, like, Tony Gilroy, though, at least was telling really good quality stories in each episode like he wasn't really like he wasn't really like keeping out things that i don't know i guess i'm not saying it right but it just made sense for how he was trying to convey his story in that particular show well Um, another thing uh, another good point that you brought up there milton is like with the time frame that's another thing i think we'll have to kind of maybe as we get more into um the different shows like mando season three um ahsoka because you know ahsoka's not limited it's it's potentially an ongoing series like they don't brand it as limited so we'll probably get at least two seasons of that um and even boba's next season um potentially with that i think we'll be able to look at the time limits differently in and or season two even or skeleton crew or um the acolyte i think the time you know of course we always want more time but i think that that's going to become potentially a uh not a mute point, but like a point that's, uh, I don't want to say not a, a good argument eventually, because if this makes sense, so like, like your point, bringing up the limited series thing, like as long as we know it's not a limited series, I'm fine with virtually whatever time. Mm-hmm. But the thing is when you brand to me anyways, the, I mean, in my opinion, in my opinion, when you brand it a limited, like a completely limited series, you Basically, you just, you know what I mean? You, like, put the pressure on the show. Like, it, yes. you're watching every single minute. Like, see, this is, everyone here knows me, me. My best friend comes over every week to watch these live action shows. But, like, every time, we're, like, halfway through the episode, and he's like, quick, pause it for a second. I want to see how much time's left. And then we're like, oh, man, 17 minutes to go, and we're still not, like, getting the point across. You know, so that's the thing. Like, at I think going forward, knowing the shows aren't aren't limited, like Mando season three is not limited, could um, Boba, etc. Knowing they're not limited, I think helps the audience because it takes off the pressure of every individual episode. If that makes sense, if my no, if I'm getting I, I, my point across. No, no, I, I understand that. I understand that. I think that's a good point. By the way, Ben, your camera is gone. Oh wait, yeah, I should be back now. Because hey, we have a video feed again. Hey, look at that. Sorry, Our sorry about that. A, Sam, a Samsung menu popped up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're live, people. Is what happens. Technology. But, but yeah, so so that was my kind of my point about the time thing. I think eventually, 
knowing the series are not limited helps us as an audience to not criticize it as hard because you know in the back of your head you always know there's more time there's more there's more um series like like for example tales of the jedi they didn't brand it as limited so like we didn't really criticize the length of the episodes too much because you know that wasn't in the back of our heads like saying oh man we only have 10 minutes with these characters like that wasn't even a thought right right Alrighty, yeah, sorry, I'm just doing some producing stuff on the back end. And apparently there was a Discord for, uh, there's an update for Discord, I did not update it, which is why everything's looking funny tonight, so we're just flying by the seat of our <laughs> pants. That's alright. At least, at least you can still hear us, so this might be more of a podcast rather than a live video stream you want to watch. <laughs> I'll just warn you after the fact. Um, have it on, but do something else. That's, uh, you're not going to look at our pretty faces on this one very often. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, let me chime in a little bit because I'm letting you guys uh, do the brunt of all this as I'm doing back background stuff. But um, yeah, as far as for me, uh, I mean, I, ex I expected Andor to be good, but um, as good as it turned out to be was something where I was like, oh my gosh, this is a 9 out of 10 Star Wars, everybody. This is a 9 out of 10 Star Wars coming off of Obi-Wan, which had its ups and downs, and, and going into Andor, which is just something that was so fresh and so um, new for Star Wars. But, you know, it definitely didn't didn't go with everybody for sure. Um, didn't have the force, didn't have the mysticism, but um, for me it worked even without that. And, you know, me and Milton were talking about uh, just, a, you know, a last week's show about uh, what makes things Star Wars at some point, and it's, you know... It, mysticism in the force yeah you would think it's a hallmark of star wars but i'll tell you when it comes down to a lot of it is the rebellion a lot of it is that kind of spirit that the people have and, and we're seeing the beginnings of that in andor and really exciting and nuanced ways so that that whole idea of that was definitely a highlight for me um this year i got you yeah i i, I totally get where you're coming from Oh yeah, I oh yeah, I completely. I mean, I don't completely agree on like the rebellion, like the part that part being like a big, a, like a main hallmark compared to like say the force and like that sort of stuff. Um, but I can see where, um, you know what I mean. I can see where like you or you know other potential people like view it from that angle. Like I can see, you know, that totally makes sense though because like the original movie, the rebellion, etc. Like. You know, there's a lot of that in, like, the spirit of Star Wars. Like, for me, um, you know, for me, like, Andor was a series where I eventually started liking it, probably about halfway through the season, um, and it just got better. And I think, honestly, like, my main reason I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have was, again, it goes back to my long-running critique of um, Lucasfilm's marketing department. Like, they marketed this as a spy thriller, like, action series, and we didn't get that with Andor himself, basically the entire series, until, you know, pretty much the end, anyways. Um, so it just, I think, from all the hype and, like, the talk around it and the marketing is what bogged it down for me. So maybe, maybe going back and watching it on rewatch without that um, chatter. But again, like, I think... I mean, they're getting better with it since they haven't really came out and announced a bunch of new projects. Like, I think they, you know, we all heard that report 
you know, a month or two ago about like them reeling it in, like don't announce anything until you know it's gonna be coming type right. thing. I think they're I think they're finally getting that type of stuff in order. And I think that's gonna trickle down to more of the um the actual boots on the ground marketing like the things of like, hey, this is a spy thriller show, blah blah blah. Like that sort of st- that type of wording to me does not translate to what we got on screen with Andor. And Andor is a fine show. Like I said, I mean, I gave it like a 7.5 or an 8 or whatever it was. Um, you know, I thought it was a fine show. It's just I think the marketing is what hurt it for me. And potentially, that could be a, a critique maybe in the back of other people's minds just unknowingly, you know, for people who maybe didn't enjoy it as much. Maybe that's why. Um, so for me, like, I thought it was a fine show. And... I do like that they went and made a unique project just because, you know, it, it is good to try new things. Um, and, you know, they obviously did good on it. I mean, they've got nominations and things such as that, which is great. Like, you know, say what I want about the show. Like, I can, it's quality made. Diego Luna's acting was great. Um, and several of the other actors were, were great as well. Like, I thought it was a well-made show. So I'm excited, though, for the next season. That is one thing I can say the show ended in a way where it does have you kind of on a cliffhanger excited for the next season, which is very nice. And I think the next season is going to be the season, I think, for me and maybe a lot of other people that critique the show a little tougher. That'll probably be the season that we were looking forward to when we were coming into this season. You know, I... Came to the realization when we, when we got to the finale, this show's basically a prequel to what we what we expected, and I think that's what it's going to be. Interesting. Um, shifting gears here, though, I want to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, and what were some of your highlights from the show? Did it live up to your expectations? Mm-hmm. Now, after all these months, we've had time to stew on it. I know people were up and down on us, so. Uh, Milton, I'll throw it to you first. What was maybe a thing that stood out to you about this show? I loved the Vader Obi Wan connection, especially mm-hmm. like the last two episodes. Yes, because here's the thing: literally, I watched that scene probably twice a week when I'm at the gym doing <laughs> cardio. Um, because oh, I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue between those two guys. Like between whenever he gets his helmet sliced. That dialogue is gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it's it it gives me goose. I got goosebumps right now talking about it. Like that's how much I love the dialogue and seeing Hayden in that outfit. But what did that show do for do for me? What stood out to me? Um, and I, I mean, I, I love the character development of you know Obi Wan Kenobi and just seeing that different side of him. Seeing that I I, I can see how Luke Skywalker became what he was in the sequel trilogy. You know, like I will, I will give Ryan Johnson some credit ha! in a sense to say, to say like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Trust me, that movie's still trash. But um, <laughs> Star Wars has always been formulaic; it's mm-hmm. always had a pattern to it. So you see Obi Wan at his lowest in the beginning of the series. He's he's accepted. Hey, we lost. The fight is done. I mean, he says that. You know, move on. Luke says it in a sequel trilogy. Hey, like, you know, the Jedi are the issue. Like, we're, we're the reasons why shit keeps hitting the fan. So we got to be done. Let's move on. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I, that makes sense. Even though I don't like it, 
but I can see why it's in there. And I love how they developed Obi-Wan. I loved how they brought him back. Now, this is the difference of why I like Obi-Wan. They brought him back to that optimistic, optimistic character of saying, hey, there's still hope in the galaxy. Yeah. It, it, it just takes time. Yeah. His, view, his viewpoint had to change. He finally adapted. That was a problem with the Jedi. They did not adapt. The Sith did. Sith adapted when they needed mm-hmm. to, which is why they beat the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is now taking that path to adapting and said, okay, we got to now take our time. We have to now learn how to retrain ourselves to take on this new type of Sith. We were preparing for the old Sith, you know, and I think mm-hmm. the show did a really good job at Kings and Philosophy of the Jedi, which also did a really good job seamlessly to see how you got Ewan McGregor's Ben Kenobi to then now Alec Guinness's Kenobi and what that looks yeah. like. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're seeing those two worlds merge together. I love that. Mm. I, I, I just I just love Ewan McGregor's performance. I love seeing Hayden back because I'm a huge Hayden Christensen fan. I love him as Anakin. I love how he got all this love. I cannot wait for him to for Ahsoka. That's my highly Hopefully. anticipated show for 2023. And with the new rumors coming out about him being in it as episode three, Hayden, or excuse me, Obi-Wan or Anakin, we fire. Really? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, haven't, yeah. I didn't send that to the group chat this week, Milton. Yeah, I've, yeah so I, I've read that. <laughs> Oh. Well, Chris, I'm shocked you to see this. So, like, I mean, breaking <laughs> news on the, on the, you know. You know, I'm just, yeah, I guess so. I mean. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I guess the rumor in innuendo is that, oh. Hayden, well, Hayden's in the show. We knew that. But okay. That he's he's going to be Anakin from episode three. What the world? Potent, potentially fighting Ahsoka. What? I, I, again, I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm like, I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hayden knows how to use a lightsaber, clearly. Yeah, that, like, that I, I will say for Obi-Wan, my, my standout was, as you already mentioned, the, the Vader versus Obi-Wan duel. And, um, you know, when Kathleen Kennedy first proposed that we were getting this Obi-Wan series, she said it would be the fight of the century or something to that degree. And, right. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, and you know, yeah, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't say it was by the century, but it was. No, it was bad. No, no, no. If it was going to be that, I think Milton, you put those awesome thoughts in my head about, oh my gosh, it's going to be Naboo. They're going to be fighting in the waterfalls behind them, and it's going to be so cool. And I had that in my head, and and they all showed up to a rock planet. So yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. I will say that's probably because even watching it now, I'm thinking, man, the lighting isn't great. But then maybe they did that on purpose. But then I've seen people edit it up to like brighten it up. Mm. I mean, honestly, and Chris, I'll let you finish. I apologize. If they would have at least either brought him back to Mustafar, yeah, which would be you know very like ironic if he loses there again, or like go to like Tatooine, mm. but really has no idea. But then how they shot the show that wouldn't work. I mean, it'd be kind of dope if he went to go look for like Padme's grave and he fought him there in the blue. That'd be kind of fire. Got his ass kicked. I'd be like, all right, this show's done it for me. But continue, Chris. Yeah, no, 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 no worries, no worries. Uh, But yeah, no, it's it it was a show that even looking back now, I I was still like lukewarm about it. It's just it happened, and I just feel like it should have had more impact for me personally because it's like it's Obi Wan, like you and McGregor. We were talking about this for years and years and years, and now it's like way back there and. you know, in the rearview mirror where it's just like, oh, I don't even really give it the thought of day, like several weeks ever. Like it just, it happened, it came and it went. And it's like, when you look at it, yeah, you see Obi-Wan going from Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan and like lost all hope to, like you said, you do see him turn it good at the end. But there was a lot of stuff in the middle of that series that I just, 
it kind of washed over me. It started off really strong and it ended really mm -hmm. strong, but the stuff in the middle there is what kind of just didn't settle perfectly with me. I agree. No, I, I totally 100% agree. I mean, I think we all said it. Those first two episodes, I, even I was listening to John Campion talk about this. He said the first two episodes he loved too. We all did. Mm -hmm. And then episodes three and four were kind of like, eh. And five was picking up and a six was what it was. I, I totally agree. And I think we all would say, I think we all questioned it and said, you know, why didn't they, I think the filming locations kind of messed this up because everything mm -hmm. just felt like it was just very artificial. They shot on the volume a lot, right? Am yeah, I correct, mm -hmm. Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, per, I, and I pretty know much, we, pretty much the entire thing was in the volume for the most yeah, part. Yeah. So, and I know we, all three of us, especially you, Ben, were like, "Why are we doing that?" You know, like you can see it. You can yeah, see the this building. Is, this is Obi Wan Kenobi, guys. And then I even said it when we were reviewing uh, Andor. It's like, wait a minute, how come Andor is getting a budget like this, and this not even a Legends character? Obi Wan should have been shot like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like. So I think that was a huge missed opportunity. And I think this goes into some of your point, Chris, about how the show was very lukewarm to you. And even looking back on it now, it's not something that you look forward to watching again. I'm mm. sure you will. Yeah, but it's not sure, like it's, it's yeah, it's not like something like, man, I gotta put on Kenobi today. Mm. You know, like I like I watch clips. You know, I haven't watched the full series yet again. I need to. But I love watching the individual clips. But again, like you're right. If, if this show should have been more impactful, where it's like, man, I gotta watch this weekly, or I gotta watch me a couple episodes. I still go back and watch Clone Wars. That's how impactful okay. yeah. that show is. Seriously, you know what I'm like I still go back and watch Rebels. That's how impactful that show is. Mm -hmm. I still go back and watch some episodes of Visions. That's how impactful that show is. Mm -hmm. So I think Mando's the same thing. So hopefully, they understand. Like, okay, moving forward. These shows need to be impactful where people still want to watch these over and over again. They want to show their moms or pops. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to show my grandkids for years from now saying, hey, your, your, your grandpa was watching this. And this mm -hmm. is fire. Mm -hmm. like, so <laughs> let's let's shift gears yeah. to the other live action series that we haven't spent a lot of time. And it's the Book of Boba Fett. And I want to start off with something that took the world by storm. A lot of discussions on different social networks about Oh wow! Episodes five and six are are Mandalorian episodes. So I want to start with that 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 flashpoint back in time there in the early part of 2022 when people's minds were blown that all of a sudden Book of Boba Fett went from like a D rating show to an A plus show as soon as Mando stepped on the scene. So I'll throw it over to Ben for this one. What were your thoughts on on this moment with with Boba with Luke showing up? All the good stuff there. Yeah, I mean. That right there is the, the main reason I always bring up about Mando being like such a big cultural phenomenon. It literally can pull a show like Boba basically from the dirt to making it really a really highly successful show. Like like that like the Mandalorian, you know, is a big as big a phenomenon as we've seen on TV shows, like popularity wise in terms of anything really, in terms of trends and stuff, since like Game of Thrones and you know, people chatting about it, like it's that big of a property. Um, so like, that's why it was able to do that. And then of course, you know, not setting that aside, like it's overall cultural, like impact societally, you know, inside the show, like the stuff that happened was, was so great. It was so entertaining. It was a good story. Obviously seeing Luke was incredible. It was incredible seeing the way they, uh, they did his whole 
CGI and stuff, I guess you would say, or motion mm-hmm. capture. Like, all of that was amazing. Uh, oh, deep fake. Deep, deep, uh, deep fake. That was the word I was looking for. Deep mm-hmm. fake. It was great seeing that. It was great. It was great knowing the fact that Lucasfilm like stepped outside of their boundaries and like got a YouTuber to help them out on that sort of stuff. Like yeah. that's humbling for a, co- a billion dollar company to do something like that to hire a you know a feebly YouTuber. So that was awesome seeing that. Um, and then in terms of like just the stuff that was going on, the fact that you know we get Ahsoka, the fact that we get Grogu um, training, the fact that we get that awesome opening with Mando um, just being like a badass, like bounty hunter, like literally he's back to the old ways of being a bounty hunter and being ruthless at that. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's pretty much when you watch those episodes, you're like, so they basically took what Boba Fett was supposed to be and made him Mando basically. Um, Because I mean, we've said it since Mando season one, episode one. This is basically the Boba Fett show minus Boba Fett. Like, you yeah. know, this is pretty much what we're what we're going with here. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact, um, you know, I, I think both of those episodes were were phenomenal. What they did there, and uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a really nice intro or nice um part of that series, and it mm-hmm. does kind of fall back on the whole. You know the the chatter of it being Mando season two point five, and pretty much was. <laughs> pretty much. It, it pretty pretty much was for all intents and purposes. Like you know, we uh, especially. I mean, heck, the way the last episode ends, Mando flies off with Grogu. Like it's Mando, basically. People. That's what I'm saying. So, like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I go, go on, Milton. <laughs> no, I'm about to say you're not. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, wait, didn't the show end with? Grogu and and, and uh, Mando flying off. Like, yeah. Grogu, Grogu's like wa- he, he he's waving yeah. he's waving out the, the cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. No, nah, like I agree. Like first of all, like those those Luke episodes, fire. That's the best part of the show. Like I mean, let's be <laughs> let's be real here. Like yeah. Luke pops on screen. The, the, again, for him to look better than he did at the end of Mando season two, I was like, yo, you just make make a series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what we need. One. Okay, like that's yeah. another podcast for another day. <laughs> but, like, make a series with that technology. Two, you have Ahsoka, Mando, and Luke all in the same like you know same area, and she's talking about your like Anakin. She's like, oh, you're just like your father. Everybody was like, I'm yeah. watching people, people. Grown men were crying. Grown women yeah. are crying when she says that one sentence. Like, oh my god, like she's talking about Anakin. Like she was team like. Pretty much that's yep. Luke's auntie right there that he's talking to. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how dope is that? And again, that got me more hyped for that particular show, just hearing them interact. Just like, this is what we wanted. Oh, like, yeah. So, again, like, those two episodes was fire. Mando oh. or, or Boba Fett had some good qualities about it. But what's funny is I love to now see Tamara Morrison saying, we need to get back to the ruthless badass. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. And I hope, he's actually and saying that. Will. Yeah, he's yeah, saying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Chris. If you don't see you it, been, Chris, I'm out here just yeah. breaking stories. Milton's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> breaking news. He's being Adam Schefter on us tonight. Pretty much. <laughs> um, He's well, actually well, saying this stuff though. Like, I'm surprised they're not like slapping him on the yeah, wrist for like talking yeah. about his own show like this. Chris, <laughs> it was um. It was an interview with Morrison, and I think, uh, what's her name, was there too, wasn't she? In one of the interviews I saw, it was like the girl that plays Phoenix, Ming-Na Wen. Like, yeah. he, Tamara Morrison was talking, he's like, he's like, yeah, 
you know, we need to get back to like the roots of Boba being a bounty hunter and, you know, like going on the hunt and blah, blah, blah. Like he, he was like implying like, Hey, we need to change this stuff up for the next season type deal. You know what I mean? Like imply, you know, for the next thing. Um, And see, see, and that falls on um, my next point with this show, Milton. It's like, all right, guys, again, obviously this isn't like a PR thing, marketing thing. Um, This is more a John and Dave and uh, the other guy, Rodriguez thing. Mm -hmm. So false advertising in a way of, they gave us Boba Fett in the most incredible way in Mando season two. Like he, that was everything everyone imagined Boba Fett would ever be was that episode in Mando season two. And then presumably, see, they didn't even do a time jump because Boba went and like shot up Jabba's palace for all intents and purposes. And then not, not too long after that, we have book of Boba Fett taking place so it's just like, to me, how does Boba Fett's character go from that to just having an awakening after all these years? Going, ah, I'm, right. I'm good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use my blaster or anything until like basically the end of my own show because I'm too good for that. And and like my thing is, and then the thing that gets me more about that is just the fact that like John and Dave. They kind of like, you know, they were arguing back with the fans about it and the behind the scenes, like the Boba Fett behind the scenes thing. They were defend, they were like hardcore defending that choice. Like you could tell they they heard feedback on it, like because John was like, oh, oh, well, why would, why would Boba, you know, being the lead of the show, go back to those those ways? And even Dave was like, oh, well, you know, um, characters want to evolve and this and that and. You know, why, and John, you know, interrupted. It was like a back and forth thing. And John was like, why would anyone want to watch Boba go around just blasting and doing action packed stuff for six episodes? It's like, that's what we want. That's what we want. I want to see killing. I, I used to joke, I used to joke around all the time and say, no, no lie, Chris or Ben. I used to joke around with my buddies and say, these are the three things I like when it comes to storytelling. And again, yep. this is like 10 years ago. I want to see a good, a good story, killing. And some nudity, like that. Those were yeah. my yeah. standards, like like ten years ago. Well, but like, well, like, we'll see that. But yeah. in, in this factor, I want to see him kill people because that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. But, I like. I just I didn't understand that whole aspect. It's like my my thing was, you know, this is a whole creative thing. If you have the keys to the kingdom to make a Boba Fett show, I think all three of us can universally say neither of us would have made that show that we got. Here's where I was thinking when you guys were talking. Um, when it comes out of the show, uh, it just didn't have a direction for Boba Fett, and that's what made it None. hard. Yeah. Right? When None you, at when all. You, you just have a guy in scenes that you don't have an attachment to care about enough to know what's happening next. So it's like, okay, he's doing this thing and this thing, but why is this important? That was never written out strongly enough to make us care, you know? Well, and that's well, really Chris, what it comes down if- to. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'll just say this real quick. Even at the end of the show, at first I thought, and I'm sure we, you guys thought it too. At first, when you saw those um, those mafia guys getting taken out, I was like, "Oh man, is this the Boba Fett we want? He's going to take these people out." Oh, and then it's wait, oh, it's Fennec Shan, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess she's doing his dirty work for him." So like, he's not fine with doing that type of stuff. 
but he's fine with letting other people do the killing. It's like, is this the Batman thing all over again? So it's just like, to me, they could have redeemed some of his like action-packed character if they would have let him do that stuff at the end. You know, it's just... But anyways, Chris, go on. Yeah, no, I, I'll get off of the actual show content itself and talk about yeah. a little bit of my experience with, with both and covering it because... Uh, Book of Boba Fett was the the, the the coverage I got on that blew my channel up a lot more than it ever had in, in the first place. So for me, I just enjoyed um, covering all the nitty gritty from Cad Bane, is he dead or not, yeah. to the history of Black Kersantan, to, to a lot of really cool videos um, that I got a chance to really dig in the community and, and interact with a lot more people than I'm used to on the channel. So whether it's it's a good show or if it's a bad show, at least it was uh, it was definitely a milestone in my YouTube uh, well, short career here to see like, oh, right, nah. this is fun, you know? I, yeah. well, I, well, I do want to put out there. I'll just say real quick. Sorry, we have so much to say about this show, surprisingly. Um, but I will throw out there as well. We got to remember, guys, like, we also could be, and I talked to one of my buddies about this and my cousin about this, who are all like more inside baseball Star Wars fans like we are. Um, they all kind of are kind of in the same boat as we are about the show. It's like it, it has some good points, it has some bad points, and you know, we could have done a totally different direction with the character type deal. Um, but, you know, we do have to remember um, the Boba finale was like Disney Plus's biggest finale, like for Star Wars shows, so in terms of viewership. So, that show had, was a big success, potentially, general audience-wise, because maybe those people looked at that show and were like, yeah, this is fine for the character. So, like, you know, that is something to keep in mind here. Like, we could, you know, of course, we're, like, the diehard fans, but we could actually be in the minority on this opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people out there that are just... You know, they're not like us where they're super into weeds. Yeah. So they, they watch some, you know, shooting some action. They're like, yeah, that Boba Fett show was pretty good, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> and that's like, yeah. we're like 5% of like the movie population. Anybody watching this channel here, this video is like the, the 5%. Everybody else is the super mainstream and they're, they're not going to think twice of yeah. watching anything um, again, you know. So it's for them, the, yeah. they got the mass casual audience um, for sure. So. Um, getting off of the live action stuff here, uh, we spent a good deal amount of time because I mean, that is the forefront of Star Wars these days about the movies and, and all that. Uh, what were some other, other highlights for you guys, Milton, as far as Star Wars, um, anything that has come out besides, besides the shows, <laughs> has there been any right, right. stories that have happened, any behind the scenes things, documentaries, anything else you want to highlight? Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, you guys know how much I loved, you know, Tales of the Jedi was my favorite show this year. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Obi-Wan was my most anticipated show. Mm -hmm. But I will say the thing that I really enjoyed most, that there, it was perfection. Perfection was that Light and Magic documentary. Oh, yeah. I, I, that, I mean, and like, because I think I watched it first before you guys did. You I watched, watched it, it in like one sitting, watched didn't you? Like, in, yeah, I watched it all night. <laughs> it literally watched it like Oh like, my God. I watched it gosh. in like six hours, whatever you it was. You did. And yeah, I, I think I watched it overnight. And then, like, I think I watched the last two episodes like the next day because that's how good it was. Um, you guys know me, I'm the behind the scenes guy. I love documentaries, you know, that type of thing. And 
it was perfection. I love seeing just the, the ins and outs of Industrial Light and Magic, how it was started, different funding that they went through, the issues of funding and, you know, how they almost went like bankrupt and just trying to invent new technologies and the drama behind it. And knowing uh, J- Jimmy Dykstra, how really yeah. important he was to the, 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 the beginnings of that company and how people don't really remember that name. He was one of the founding members of ILM and he didn't go with them to when they did empire because of the rift between him and Lucas, how things just went apart. Mm-hmm. But seeing how that company what 40 plus years in the in the making and still going on i mean probably one of the best effects houses in the in the world mm-hmm. and how every movie studio uses them we don't get the dcu without that we don't get the mcu we don't get transformers we don't see this stuff without ilm mm-hmm. and that's how impactful that particular company has been on television streaming, TV shows, whatever. It's beautiful to see that Star Wars was the beginning of that. And it's it's awesome to see that George Lucas's legacy is beyond Star Wars. It's not just Star Wars. It's ILM. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all the stuff. It's, it's just amazing. And so just seeing that behind the, behind the scenes stuff, just seeing how things really played itself out and just how it evolved as a company, it, it was amazing. So I love that documentary. And, and it wouldn't be surprising to me I'll go back and rewatch it sometime in the near future. Yeah, it's one of those documentaries that you watch and um, I don't know what profession you're in or or where you're at in your life, but I mean, it it kind of makes you want to like make a movie after watching yeah, that because it's really just does. so cool to see how they come up with these ideas, but also the way that Larry Kasdan, writer yes. on Empire Strikes Back, he put the whole thing together to add this kind of story to it. So it's really entertaining to watch and it's not dull or dry. There's a lot of great music tracks to kind of space in through there. And it's just so cool to see the legacy of this thing. Everything from Willow to T2 Judgment Day to mm-hmm. the Abyss to everything. It was just such a cool. And and I, I watched that and I just immediately started watching all those movies again, like E.T. I started watching some of these movies for the first time ever, like Willow, just because of this thing opening my mind up to be like, oh, what has Lucasfilm also worked on? Or what have they partnered on with their ILM studio? And yeah, of course, you got to throw in like, there's a bunch of new George Lucas interviews, which are just so hilarious. Some of the best George Lucas stuff you'll see in, in, in a long time is in there where he's just cracking jokes and laughing. And it's like, wow, they got George Lucas to have fun on set here just talking about the good old days. This is great. Um, but it's funny because like I was watching this, spacing it out because this was in July when it came out and there wasn't yes. really anything going on at that time because I think had, Kenobi had maybe just finished at that point so i was like ah, we got some time so i was literally like watching it like it would be a star wars series like every week i looked forward to waking up on a wednesday morning and watching the next episode of light and magic nah dude i was binging that bad boy. like <laughs> I, I love that they put it all out i just because again like it's just, it, i just love how it, how it evolved and it's and so many talented people came from that you know like oh, like yeah. the director like people forget like i didn't realize and, and i when i went back and did some research i forgot that the director of the first avenger and i forget his name jim johnston is that what it is or, oh yeah, yeah yeah he worked at ilm he was like an artist and i was like wait dude. a minute I was like, i've seen that name before and i was dude. like wait, what like he created you know, boba like, fett 
Yeah. Was it him? He was the concept artist of Boba Fett. That's yeah, was right. it Ben? Yeah, it was him. And it's, it's like, it's like, wait a minute. We have, we have a director of the first Avenger of the MCU. He used to work at ILM as like, you know, an artist. And then he became, and then because Lucas paid for like his film school. Yeah. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how dope is that? You know, and you know, obviously, you know, you got the John Knowles and how his story, like John Knowles yeah. story is pretty dope. How he like pretty much pitched himself to this lady about what he wanted to do. And then she's like, well, we're going to hire you. And then, you know, Doug Chang came on board and then, you know, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I hear these people. It's like, wait, wait, these guys are awesome. Like, that's why I love the behind the scenes. That's why I have those art of Star Wars books because yeah. like, they're so dope to look at. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I love, I love the documentaries for this reason. The, the prequel documentaries really got me hooked and I love watching them now, but this particular one is probably one of my top five documentaries of Star Wars. Oh yeah, without a doubt, top five. For me, it'd probably be top three. I think um, Empire Dreams is up there, at the beginning, yeah. and, and uh, well, maybe this one. one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I guess it would be this one. It'd be Light and Magic. It'd be the History Channel Star Wars one they did. It'd be Revenge of the Sith uh, Episode One, and Empire. Yeah, Empire. What was it Empire? Empire? Empire Dreams? That was it called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's on that list. Yeah, Ben, any did you finish uh Light and Magic at all? Yeah, I I can basically agree with um all the different points both of you made. Like, you know, it's it's always so nice watching those type of documentaries. Like that one was so good, like seeing, of course, like you mentioned, Chris, the new stuff with George, all the um just the different little odds and end things we got throughout it, I thought were really nice. And just the fact, um, like the people involved were so good with the storytelling so good with the like the thoroughness say of the interviews like you know talking about the behind the scenes experiences and things like you mentioned chris when you watch something like that so good it's like man i want to go make a movie like you know that's 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 what kept popping through my head while watching that i was like man i wish i was a director like in an alternate reality i would love to be a director or something just because like you know, just seeing how much joy and passion these people have, um, like putting their time and effort into it, I thought, um, I thought was like probably one of the best parts of the entire thing. And like I mentioned, of course, like seeing the more the more George, the better. And it makes me wonder what other interviews and things they're just saving for future like documentaries and docu series and things like that, because you know they have plenty of footage, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it was crazy seeing. Like we've all yep. watched, especially Milton. He's our resident documentary Star Wars historian yep. here, and uh, still seeing those new images, new videos of of George just sitting on his armchair, just talking candidly to somebody about Star Wars. I'm like, how much of this stuff do they have? I mean, Star Wars has been going on for forty five darn years at this point, and we're still seeing yep. new content doled out to us. What the heck? Oh yeah, I mean, listen, I I think I said at the time when I was giving my little mini review over the summer. Like they, they, they got this stuff stored. They have a whole bunch of footage that we still probably haven't even seen. I mean, come on. Like, oh, they, yeah. look, they, they were filming this stuff back in the late 70s into the 80s, into the 90s. I'm sure there are things that they don't want us to see because it might be controversial, which is fine. I don't need to see that stuff. I just want to see stuff that's going to show how ILM 
know, evolved, <clears throat> which they did. They did a really good job at that. Like, I love how they told the story of uh, was it Phil Tepit? Yeah, how he was. He was their puppet guy. Uh-huh. Like, oh they're, yeah, they're, they're with stop, the CGI top accent. Yeah, and how like he was getting phased out. Mm-hmm. Then like they brought him back to like help with like the digital side of things. Like, okay, how to move these people? You know, how to move these creatures and that type of thing. And yeah, even like again, it was it's heartbreaking, but it was necessary to see that because technology was changing, the world was changing. We wouldn't get Jurassic Park without Phil Tippett with his modeling of puppets, but also we wouldn't have gotten Jurassic Park without the digital side of things too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So moving on, moving on. Ben, you and I can talk a little bit about this one. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I have dumped. Hey, let, let, yeah, let me just mute real quick. <laughs> I, I ain't talking about this. <laughs> You're good. I have dumped about eh, 70 hours into that game at this point, probably. Um, and I'm not even close to being done. Um, but it's it's been a fun adventure, literally. It's an adventure game where you're going around the galaxy, landing on different planets, collecting things, playing as any other character, those character packs for Obi-Wan and or it's it's a lot of fun. It harkens back to the good old days of like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 gaming where you're just going around to collect a thon, platforming, just shooting a bunch of bad guys and uh, having a lot of comedic laughs because there's a lot to do in that game. So, yeah, I mean, what was your experiences with this game this year? Yeah, I had a lot of similar um, experiences as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed like the expansiveness of it, like being able to like you know, just explore so many of the different areas in Star Wars. Like, it just it just makes it a lot of fun. It makes it feel more immersive. Like, to me, that's always what I wanted, like, in Star Wars was an open-world-esque type game. That's basically what we got with this one. So, I really like that. And the fact that it still held true to a lot of the um, the stuff from the original games. Like, you know, be, you have to play through it quite a bit to complete it 100%. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just those type of things I'm glad they held true to because, you know, it would have been easy for them not to make it where you have to do that sort of stuff, you know, like play it back through. Like they could have just made it a one-time playthrough campaign and be done. So it's nice that they did that. And then, you know, as I mentioned, it's just, it's another like kind of milestone of Star Wars gaming where it's like, hey, there's there's a success. Boom. Like there's that. There's Fallen Order. Like, you know, they're getting a couple milestones of good gaming under oh, their yeah. belt, which is nice after all the ups and downs of Star Wars gaming over the years um, under the Disney umbrella. So it's good that, like, the Skywalker saga was was really big. I feel like there was a lot of buzz on it, on it on social media. I feel like, you know, you've seen plenty of people posting and talking about it, and whether it be YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, what have you. Like, it felt, I felt like it was a game that was really out there for the audience, which is nice because, you know, sometimes a game may come out and it may, it may feel like it's like just for like the hardcore yeah. niche audience type thing. Like, like, um, like that, like, like the app game, like you guys talked about, um, what Galaxy, is it, Galaxy Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. Like that, that to me feels like more of like a niche type game because, you know, you don't see that like trending on Twitter, like as like the top trending topic, like when the Skywalker <laughs> saga came out, that was like a trending topic on Twitter. Like people oh, yeah. were posting about it. Like, like I saw casual, really casual Star Wars fans. I know that's for sure. That literally go and post, "Hey, anybody play Skywalker Saga or anybody play the new Lego game, Star yep. Wars Lego game?" That's out. I was thinking of buying it. 
to play with my like kid or my niece or nephew or whatever. Like just seeing random people like that talk about it is nice. Like that shows that game like permeated more than just the niche audiences, which is um, which is a big step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Ben, do you want to mention a highlight of something from this show that we haven't talked about so far? Um, I feel like for me, really, when it comes to this year, I think, I don't know, you know, we've covered most of the shows, I feel like most of the games, most of the, um, I mean, obviously, there's a lack of movies. Um, I, I wish there was a movie we would, be, we would be talking about right now, because the holiday season is Star Wars season, in my opinion, especially the Christmas season. Like, this is when we should be talking about new Star Wars projects. Like, 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 let's be real here, guys. Like, if, when it comes to Star Wars, we should have had a movie coming out last week. I mean, I guess last weekend was Avatar, but you know what I mean? Like, there should have been a Star Wars movie December 17th or something. Like, yeah. like that's how it should have been. But, um, it's like, that's, that's one thing that I do really miss about um, Star Wars is, like, the movies. I really, really want them to get back to one movie a year. And then, as for, like, this year as a whole, like I said, we covered most of the movies and our shows, whatever, content. Um, but to me, honestly, I think the be- one of the best, if not the best part of this year of Star Wars for me is just really the, uh, the social aspect of it. You know, talking with you guys every week is always a highlight of the week. Talking with you guys, talking with our subscribers, our viewers, mm-hmm. um, people in the chat, talking with people on social media whether it be debates or agreeing um, on topics or, you know, making new friends. Like, you know, we've had plenty of guests on here, like like Steven or Hannah or um, Chris or whoever. Um, you know, we made friends through yeah. other podcasts like that. Me, personally, I've um, became really good friends with one of the, like, more Star Wars, like, pretty good news reporters, Jason Ward from Making Star Wars. Like, becoming friends with him, becoming friends with... Um, other Star Wars content creators, like stuff like that to me is some of the best parts of Star Wars because it's like, that's what like the original trilogy, like Lucas, like intended it to be like a cultural thing where people are talking about it and enjoying it. And for me, this year was another year of like making new friends, talking, debating, all of that sort of stuff. And to me, that was like probably the best part of my Star Wars year because you know, we can all enjoy Star Wars, whether it be the movies or shows, like, till the cows come home, but you're not going to enjoy it if you can't talk about it to other people. Like, like of course, you, you may enjoy it, but, for example, Chris, like, well, let's ask you this. If, let's take Fallen Order. You, you, you can play through it all the way, but you're not allowed to talk about it to anybody. You know, it would decrease the fun of that game a million-fold. So, like, yeah. to me, yeah. like like the cultural experience of star Wars is, is just as big of the content. And like for this year, I think it was a really good year. There was a lot of good highs and even lows of the fandom where people just like really communicated and got aired good and bad grievances. And I think that's healthy for um, communication amongst the fans. And that to me, that was like the biggest highlight, a really nice um, discussion amongst star Wars fans. And, you know, It'll be should be another good year. There's plenty of new content to talk about it this coming year. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Ben. And <laughs> I was gonna actually talk about my highlight, which also happens to deal with the social aspect, which is kind of going off of your point there specifically about this channel 
about Adoram Transmission as a yeah. podcast about, you know, getting collaboration with other people on the channel, on other podcasts. Yeah, I was I was on, you know, Ion Cannon podcast, the Star Wars Underworld podcast, and, uh, you know, Jesse Bennett's podcast, all these different people. Uh, Steven Schinder's on a delayed replay. So, you know, it's always really um, humbling knowing that, you know, people... People like to share experiences with us here from the channel and, and, and get on here. And even in a chat, just, you know, like Jack was chiming in earlier in the chat, like exactly as you pointed up, it's like, what's the fun of, you know, Star Wars if you can't talk about it with somebody else? We, we have so much excitement and so much wonder with this thing. We want to know what other people are thinking about it. We want to spitball fan theories and speculate. And that's just half the fun, right? In the lead up to The Force Awakens. That's like the the time that was at a fever pitch where everybody was, ooh, what's this cross guard lightsaber guy? What is he doing? And and what's over here with these things in the desert? And it's just that's part of the zeitgeist when it comes to a Star Wars fandom. It's just uh just that socialization and everything from that from that perspective. Um, as far as me, you picked a great topic because I'm going to jump right into mine at Star Wars Celebration. Um, ben, everything you have just explained um it is it's basically all like times 10 <laughs> at celebration because you're just surrounded by everybody and and it's so fun because you could be walking around and you know and you know somebody and you're like hey you're so and so and you're just like yeah you're that guy and next thing you know you're talking yeah. and then and then you'll be like for me specifically like i'm outside of watching the uh what is it the I was outside of the part of the building where we were watching the Attack of the Clones anniversary, and I think Ben, you were watching it live. Um, yeah. We were, we were and I set up my camera because I was oh. about to do a. Go ahead. Were you about to well, say something? Well, I was going to oh, say. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, you mentioned. I remember when you went there. You said someone recognized your voice, like from the podcast. Like that's cool. Like that type of like parts of the star wars fandom is so cool like just seeing you know that like interaction like people people recognizing chris like and you know if you me were there milton with him like he, they would recognize us like potentially like so stuff like that i think is like the best part of this whole star wars fandom like experience like don't get me wrong us as star wars fans like you know we may it's like brothers and sisters we may fight and bicker and things like that but at the end of the day, we're all fans of the same thing here. Yeah. So yeah. to me, to me, it's great like having these types of discussions and debates and things like that. Like you know, as I mentioned, like for example, like Andor, I wasn't the biggest fan of that show by any stretch. But I would rather be able to like talk about it, talk about my likes and dislikes of the show with you guys, with with people on Twitter, with people um, through texting or whatever then just talk about it with myself sitting here in four walls of a, of a living room or something like, yeah. you know, star Wars, star Wars, like the social aspect of star Wars is so huge. And so I think oftentimes overlooked and, and actually, in my opinion, take it for granted. So it's nice, like seeing, in my opinion, I think star Wars fandom went in a good direction this year because there was a lot of communication, a lot of like grievances and things aired that potentially are getting moved by in the fandom. So yeah. it's just nice, like, getting past a lot of certain um, things and topics and whatnot. Like, you know, it's nice getting that, like, fandom communication out there. Yeah. Um, 
so as far as celebration, like obviously I go there for the news. I want to be there on the spot when they announce this yep. or show this or whatever. But when you get there, all of a sudden you don't really care. At least I don't. I, I you know, I'd much rather go and get lunch with my buddy that I haven't seen in three years or something that lives all the way across the country then, oh yeah, let me just see this thing that everybody else will see in another three mm -hmm. months or something, right? So so it's really yeah. that kind of stuff that's happening where it's like, oh yeah, I set up my camera for video recording and then I just see Steven Cinder walking down. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You want to shoot this video reaction? And I just like get him on the mic and we're just doing this thing like shooting from the hip out of in the middle of this like really nice warm Anaheim, California day. And then and then I'm there on the scene with with Matthew from Ion Cannon just talking about High Republic stuff. And and there's like people walking in, in, in all High Republic cosplay. And we're like, we had to stop recording and just like kind of look and be like, holy crap, like we're at celebration. You know, this is the stuff that yeah, you always watch at home and you're like, ah, oh, we're actually here this time. And there's a certain energy that's emanating from everybody. Nobody is like you know, at all disappointed, everybody's on the Star Wars high at all points, and you're just running off of, like, pure, just, like, fan hype at that point. So, um, yeah, I always talk about it because I know it just means so much uh, to everybody that goes, everybody in the community. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's on the East Coast if it does come in 2024 for all of us over here on the East Coast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know... Um, we're going to have to cut things shorter than we wanted to a little bit this week, but um, I think we basically got everything we wanted to kind of hit on, at least from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have books and comics and all, but I feel like I'll go into a very long monologue with all that, and I can, I can do that <laughs> all my own time. But um, any any last thoughts from you, Milton? Yeah, I mean, just just uh, two things, I guess. Just to, um, and this is kind of this is kind of stick the knife in it to be funny. Hey, this year has been a good year for Star Wars in a sense of fandom. I compared to past years. At least we're not acting like the DCU right now. <laughs> okay, with all that toxicity going on. Just saying. So Star Wars fans, you guys have been pretty much consistent this year, which is a good thing. I think that has a lot to do with with not having any movies the last couple years. I think that's been a good thing. Maybe now moving forward, you know, with them announcing their plan, coming up with a plan. And being consistent and sticking by it and not having all this up and downness, like hopefully that's still good for the, the fandom because again, we don't want it to transform into what's happening with the DCU, which I'm a huge fan of DC and Marvel. I want them to both be successful, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, you know, like you guys mentioned about how Star Wars brings people together, it, it, you get to meet new people, you get to see new experiences. I love that about this community, I love that about Star Wars. You know, I, it was nice to meet the the guys that you've been, the, the men and women, Chris, you've become friends with on your other podcast. <clears throat> it's great that they've been on it this year. It was cool to like interact with them, like whether it's Dominic, you know, Hannah, you know, uh, who's the other guy? Um, who's on two weeks ago? Chris. Uh, Chris. 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 Yeah. And then um, someone else we met. Um, like it's just a whole bunch of those people that we've met over these past year has been amazing. And they're just like us. Mm -hmm. Different parts of the world, different parts of the country. They're, they're just fans and they just want to talk about this stuff, which is a great thing. So I just encourage anyone who's listening or watching, whether it's this podcast or another, just embrace 
people wanting to communicate with you about Star Wars is such a positive thing, whether you agree or not about a property within Star Wars, just communicate, have fun with it. That's all it is. It's mm-hmm. all make believe, but it's really, really important that we just have a good time with it and just communicate and just, you know, have fun because that's what it's all about. Yeah, it breaks down barriers. It really does. It breaks down barriers. And that's why I love it so much because then, um, and even people on the street, I always talk about my my job or it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't think I have anything in common with this person. And then as we get into more more than the fitness stuff, as we often do, then it's like, holy crap, they're into this and they're in this. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, shoot, we actually have to work out now because we're standing talking about this stupid <laughs> thing for too long. Sure. Let's go, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, so from from all of us here at Outer Rim Transmission, uh, we want to thank everybody out there that has helped uh, make this a a much uh, fun and, and, you know, a, a time that we really enjoy every week uh, bringing this bringing us to you guys. Um, as far as program is concerned, we'll be back next week. Milton, you'll, we'll see you um, for our Bad Batch review in the first week of January, right? Yes. Yeah, I will not be here next Friday as I'll be celebrating with some family members down in North Carolina mm-hmm. with the new year coming in. So I'll be on a, a mini vacation nice. in nice. New York the new year down in north carolina there you go there you go get some uh, nice ribs man i mean right the barbecue down there has got to be good well i'll I'll be in i'll be in raleigh north carolina so i'm not really familiar with everything that's down there i'll be like standing like that raleigh wake forest area of north carolina so i actually had had to book my ticket or from my uh, hotel today my that stuff so i'm driving down there it's like a six hour ride so ah okay okay yeah and as far as for me and ben next week we're going to be talking predictions for 2023 or not predictions but like a preview is better explanation we'll talk about hey all the shows that are coming out of the books all the everything we're going to just run through the whole list of gamut maybe we'll get some kind of christmas uh present from lucasfilm rumors rumblings (laughs) I don't even know if that's out there anymore, but I will see. We'll be here next week anyway. So (laughs) there you go. Ben, where can the people find you talking about Star Wars and everything else? Yeah, I mean, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RealBenMaynard. I'm, you know, talking Star Wars, talking football, and, of course, talking fitness. And I'm going to get back to posting on Instagram here soon. You know, once the holidays are wrapped up, it's, Time to get in full uh, diet mode of getting back to getting shredded after, you know, taking some time off for some family and just kind of like maintaining the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, it's time to get back on the grind starting actually this coming Monday, December 26th. So I'll be back. Milton, I know you're going to be doing some some lifting over the next couple of days. Uh, so where can people follow you for all that awesome fitness footage, man? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MiltonWeber7 or follow me on Instagram at Milton7Weber. Um, yeah, obviously, the grind never stops. I'm always yeah. in the gym. That's just consistent. But, um, yeah, like I, I post on Instagram my workout videos. I'm usually on Twitter. I'm just being funny, just posting random stuff. But, yeah, if you guys want to follow me on those social media platforms, by all means, go ahead. I tend to try to just keep it very positive, very funny. Just very like just non-serious when it comes to just life, you know. I just want to like bring positivity. Yep. So yeah, check me out on my platforms. You know, I'll, I'll interact with you if you hit me up. Now, if you're acting a fool, 
you getting chin checked or you getting blocked. So <laughs> keep it positive. There we go. And we want to wish everybody out there happy holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah, happy holidays. Everybody, everybody, you know, families, family is that most important and friends too. So make sure you go and, uh, you know, tell your loved ones, tell your friends, tell them how much you appreciate them. And really um, bask in the moment, enjoy it, because the moment's over very quickly, right? We all look forward to the holidays, and next thing you know, we're we're getting closer to summer, which is always a good thing, though. It's always a good thing. I'm I'm ready for the warmth because it's way too cold right now. <laughs> you ain't lying, dude. Day with that wind, nah, bruh. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> when you have to nope. like almost rip your car handle off with the frozen door not getting a jar that you know it's too yeah, cold well guys for what it's worth for yeah for what it's worth i'm sitting here so on this podcast right now even with even when you guys were talking over the audio in my ears i can hear the wind just blowing out back because it, like i said it's blowing 40 to 50 miles an hour here and it's just <laughs> you know minus, minus 10 degrees so it's oh. it's absolutely terrible outside so i'm like yeah the holidays are nice and all, but when December 26th gets here and January 2nd gets here, then it's like, well, now we're in like the Game of Thrones, like winter has came and now we're here in the cold winter for a few months. <laughs> so it's just like, let's get, let's, let's get through this. Yeah. So yeah, dress warm people if you're in the United States uh, on the Eastern seaboard and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, as far as for me this year or uh, for this YouTube channel, you can follow me youtube.com slash star Raptor. If you are listening, um, you can go ahead and you can download us on Outer Rim Transmission on any podcast platform. We'll be live next Friday and every Friday pretty much at 9 o'clock Eastern here on YouTube. So that's going to do it for Ben, for Milton, for I, Star Raptor, a.k.a. Chris. Thanks for watching. May the Force be with you and happy holidays.